Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a podcast from BBC Studios, the commercial subsidiary of the BBC. Hello and welcome back to Season 2 of the TalentWorks podcast. If you haven't listened to us before, TalentWorks is a production company within BBC Studios and it's aimed at identifying forward-thinking talent with whom it can partner. The podcast is presented by Helen O'Donnell and me, Brona Monaghan. Thank you so much for listening And don't forget to subscribe. Adrian Bliss is a filmmaker and writer who produces satirical videos about being a YouTuber on his eponymous channel launched in 2014. His mockumentary series Vlogvember and Vloon followed the journey of Adrian Bliss, an online persona of the man himself. Adrian shows us his quest to get millions of followers on YouTube, but deep down the series reveals that all he wants to do is be loved and accepted. And sometimes he makes questionable decisions that test his integrity and moral compass. Well, some interesting points raised. We've learned a lot today about what it takes to be at the top. But there's one thing we haven't covered. And that's the most important part of the puzzle. You guys. No YouTuber would be where they are without their fans. I owe it all to you. And even though I'll be the one in a big house with all the money... We're on this journey together. Originally from Hertfordshire, Adrian started working in film ahead of his A-levels. He's been a camera operator, editor and director of photography and regularly collaborates with other YouTube talent, such as Jack Harris, Ben Brown and Casper Lee. We were really keen to sit down with him and pick his brilliant brain on what it's like being the real Adrian Bliss. Okay, Adrian... Tell us a little bit about when you moved to London and first got into filmmaking. So um, when I first I, I first started making YouTube stuff, I was, I was making films and little silly videos with my friends at school. But the first time I made anything that I put onto YouTube um, was when I lived just outside of London where I grew up. Um, and I made this video where I was vlogging and it was set in the future. And it was really just a way for me to experiment with After Effects and um, figure out how to like use the tools in that and superimpose spaceships and stuff. It was really just yeah an experiment in that. And I um, I made that video, put it on YouTube shortly after. Using that and a few other things I'd made, I moved into London and got a job at a production company, which was my first job in London. That's how I moved in. What was your role at the production company? So I, at the time, I remember being thrilled with my title because it sounded ridiculous to me. I was a creative development executive, which I'm sure those words don't really mean much. But to me, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> and um, I was I, I was only going in for three days a week. It was like a, a short term freelance thing. And it was a produ- with a production company that only just formed. Um, and my job was just to come up with ideas for them. They'd seen some of the stuff that I'd made before, um, and 
yeah, they just wanted new original content. So I, I basically went in there three days a week and thought of ideas. What sort of ideas? Well, I was quite lucky because the first one that I thought of, they really liked um, and they sent me off with a very small budget to make it. And it was, it was um, basically the videos, uh, old Shakespearean actors reenacting YouTube comments. Um, so I made a few of those. We uploaded one and it, I think it got about 3 million views like within a few weeks of uploading it, which um, cemented my role then. And I, I went back and made a few more of the videos. So I, yeah, I got, I got really lucky. My first thing that I made with them did quite well and was really fun to make. Have you always been an idea driven person? Has, I mean, has, has create, were you born with creative bones? I think so. Um, I, I never, I never really thought I could do anything else. I mean, the only other thing I wanted to do was be an archaeologist or a paleontologist just because I like dinosaurs. <laughs> um, but I, I'd always, I always did art at school and drama and I, I always really enjoyed that stuff. So when me and my friend at school started to make, make little videos with a camcorder and uh, edit them, I, I knew that I wanted to do something like that when I grew up. So yeah, I, I guess you could say I, I don't, only until recently, I've for a while I thought that I'd only have a few ideas and never have them again. I think lots of people have that um, that fear that they they only have a few in them. But I've only just started to realize that no, they they do come. It just they come in waves. So yeah, yes, I'm an ideas creative person. <laughs> and can you tell me about your first experience of YouTube? Do you sort of do you remember the first time you went? onto the website and what your like what your initial thoughts were um so my very first experience of it was I was at school and someone showed me a video of like it, it someone was doing something stupid it was just someone filmed their friend doing something and, and put it on YouTube um that was the first time I ever heard about YouTube and it had only been about for a year uh and then me and my friend started uploading stuff to it back in the days where you could upload a comedy video and you'd get a little badge saying like number one um, newest comedy video like uh, newest newest comedy video uploaded onto YouTube and you could have that badge for a few days so it, it just it was crazy how little in comparison to now was being uploaded um, but the first time that I got involved in the YouTube community I guess was while I was working at the production company, I um, I saw a tweet that some YouTubers were needed help editing something, and I had some spare time and I, I enjoyed editing, so I I helped them edit um, their series. And then through them, it was Jack and Finn Harry's who had have a channel called Jack Scap. Um, and through them, it was pretty much through them that I met all the YouTube people that I know now and got introduced to that world. Can you tell us a little bit about the change of um, perspective when you are editing someone else's content in, rather than producing your own idea? Um, I've realized that I really like doing both of them because when you edit something that's already been filmed and it's someone else's idea, it's it, there's sort of a lot of pressure taken off and um, you feel quite free to to 
give your own put your own spin on it and it's it is like it's a it feels like a completely different task because you've you've got everything there already and you have to transform it into something that's good when i produce anything it's just a lot more stressful because you just have you have to think about everything at once and and if the footage isn't good it's your fault whereas if you're just an editor of something that's already been filmed you can kind of just not wor- worry about that and make the most of it are you a self editor or has anyone at does anybody else edit your content? Um, no, I'm, I'm trying to be less precious about that, but I, up until now, I've just edited everything that I've ever filmed or made. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm quite, I'm quite particular of editing, I think, and I have my own style of doing it. So I don't normally share editing. I, sometimes, if I'm editing someone else, I'll, I'll do it with someone else. But um, for my own stuff, I've. Yeah, I've got quite. I'm quite possessive, I guess. And uh, we like to ask every guest on on the Talentworks podcast: um, Is there a particular talent or a particular piece of work that has really inspired you, or that, or that has really stood out? Um, I really love lots of British comedy. I think my favourite British comedy ever is The Thick of It, just because of the the cleverness and the the pace of the writing um i love alan partridge and just a lot of the classic pretty dry british comedies and that's that's the kind of stuff that i i want to make i am also a sucker for the richard curtis more um like sentimental stuff so somewhere in between those two that's why i want to the kind of stuff i want to make the fame thing isn't really real, you know. And don't forget, I'm also just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. So your most popular piece of work online is your two series based on the character of yourself, Adrian Bliss. Can you tell us a bit more about that? So um, how would you describe that piece? Um. Yeah, so I made two daily vlogging series so I vlogged every day for a month as as myself I didn't change my name it was because it was pretty much just myself with with a few things changed so the whole idea of it is is it's a YouTuber who's not very good at being a YouTuber but wants to be the biggest YouTuber in the world Um, I made the first one in 2015 and it was sort of a response to I'd I'd spent so much time with YouTubers and met a lot of them and worked with a lot of them. And there was a lot of things I wanted to make fun of. Uh, and that, and I wanted, I just, I, it pretty much started as a way to make fun of things that YouTubers do that I thought were strange or silly or unusual. Um, and it, it evolved into, for me, a lot more. It, I, as time went on, I weaved a story into it and, I really enjoyed adding a message, adding some kind of some sentimentality, some sort of pathos into it. Whereas really it started as making fun. (laughs) This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So how long did you have that idea before you shot a frame? Um, a couple of days. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was, I, I'd come back from this trip where I was helping a YouTuber film um, these two mini documentaries. And I think I got back on October the 30th and had the idea to to do Vlogvember. And at the time, I didn't think there'd been any Vlogvembers. Because I, originally, I chose Vlogvember because it was a silly name. Because I knew there was Vlogmas and people did Vlogtober. I think they did Vlogtober. But I thought Vlogvember, well, that doesn't work. So it's a silly name. So I'll just do Vlogvember. And I have to do it now because November's in two days. <laughs> so I think I, I was with my friend... Um, on Halloween, I said, I'm going to start doing this thing tomorrow. And it it was, it pretty much all formed as I was doing it. There wasn't any planning. It was just, like I said, just started as a joke, really. So I remember when, when that first came out and it, and it genuinely made such a buzz in the industry because obviously YouTube was previously known for, as you said, vlog style content, hauls, sort of quite, you know, just naturalistic stuff and then I remember someone saying oh my god you have to watch this series absolutely hilarious and I I worked at that time um in a digital talent management company and I just and even everybody who worked there you could see so many nuances that were just it was so true to life but obviously the, the your spin on it was um was very very funny and um, did do you did you feel that impact at the time like what was your initial reaction it it did feel really exciting after it was about halfway through that I realized that people were really enjoying it. And the people that I knew who were either YouTubers or working in the industry in some way were enjoying it. So I did, it did feel really exciting. And I definitely for a little bit understood the, um, the appeal of daily vlogging because everything else I'd made, you would, I'd film it and, spend weeks planning it filming it then edit it over like a a few weeks and everything just took so long and by the time you'd finished it that the the little kick that we get when we finish something wasn't it wasn't that strong but when I was doing it every day and uploading something every day I there was this strange um like hit of adrenaline for doing that which sounds it sounds really strange, but I can totally get why daily vloggers do it. It was exhausting, but it felt very exciting. 
basically when I first watched it, because like, like you said, you really like uh, shows like The Thick of It. And the reason that The Thick of It is so funny is because there's so many truisms in what probably happens in a comms department in politics. And your series, I think why it was so funny is because there were the, those little gems of truisms. And that, I think, is what makes great comedy because you take a subject and people can see themselves in it and I just wonder your like your mates in the industry were they did, did like what was their reaction to it um my my close friends who were in the industry really liked it and because I feel like most people yeah I, I feel like most people who do YouTube can see that it's quite unusual and I don't think there's many jobs in the world well maybe there's some jobs but that you can't make fun of and YouTube is and especially YouTubers that like they seem like the perfect there's there's so much to make fun of um and I yeah that so so my friends who do YouTube did find it funny they were able to notice the things that they do and that the people they know do and, and laugh at it um and i d nothing that i ever did was malicious or or i wasn't trying to make fun of people in a spiteful way it was just shining on light on some of the silly things that youtubers do yeah because i always think the person that you are in work is not the person that you are in real life and you can even hear yourself or say things in emails like i would never say going forward i think that we should you know and you you have these little isms in the work that you do and being a youtuber it, it is a and i know they don't like to be called well, yeah you don't want to be defined by your platform but it is it is a job and you have to put on this almost character in a way like i almost think everybody in work is playing a character and that, and that's what's funny about it yeah my i mean the unusual thing with youtube which is part partly why i wanted to like what I was commenting on was how it is that it is this strange thing where it's people documenting their lives and and at least claiming to be showing their real lives on camera whilst also selling things and doing brand deals and everything. So it's so it's so um <laughs> um it's it's such an unusual thing and I feel like previous to YouTube celebrities did exactly the same thing except there was this barrier where they weren't your best friends they were these people they knew that they were going to sell you things there'll be an adverts and it was just expected but when people started doing youtube no one was making any money it was literally just people filming themselves in their bedrooms and being like someone that you can feel like you were friends with so it's it's, it's that that I sort of wanted to make fun out, fun out of as well. That's where the, if anyone was offended by it, I guess it would be because they believe they were living their real life and there was nothing to make fun of. But the people who knew they were doing it as a, not as a job because it sounds very cynical, but like it's, it is a way to make money. It's not totally truthful, like with all entertainment. Um, I think they were able to see that it was, yeah, that, to laugh at themselves, I guess. 
It's the uncommissioned element of it, isn't it? It's like somebody has decided that their life is worthwhile to document and upload to the world. And they have not, previously you would wait to be commissioned, like wait for someone to say, oh yeah, that's a great idea. But uh, vloggers just decide on by themselves that this is a good idea, which is to be completely celebrated. Do you feel that there was pressure on the fact that you were producing it and starring in it? So previously you kind of edited and produced shows, whereas you were the main character in both series. Um, I was the main character in it because pretty much out of necessity, because I wanted to make the thing, but I didn't have any money or any way of hiring someone to play that role. And so the easiest thing to do was just for me to film it myself. Um, I then found out by doing that it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. It definitely made it more stressful that I had to do everything. But it also, like, going back to that sort of possessive thing of, you know, when to have total control over everything, it meant I could have total control over everything. And it also, for like, being the first thing that I'd... I say, I, I, it's still because I wouldn't even really call it acting because it, I just felt like I was walking around filming myself and putting on a slight voice and doing things a little bit sillier than I normally would, but it didn't feel like acting. So it, and it, if, if there'd been someone else filming me, uh, it would have felt like acting and I probably would have got really nervous and not been able to do it as well. But it all just came really naturally to me because it was just me. I was a director and a producer. I had no one to embarrass myself in front of. So that, that part of it was easier. So we're on a, a writer's retreat at the minute with BBC Writers Room. Uh, kind of learning a bit more about comedy development and scripted comedy. What what have you taken away from your few days here? It's It's been amazing to um, listen to all the speakers and learn more about uh, the, the different cogs that go into making up a comedy. So it's been great to learn about writing gags and shorter things and story structure and sitcom characters. So... I feel much more equipped now to go and write something that's that is longer form, which is what I've been wanting to do for a while. So it's yeah, it's been great. Because I feel like from from chatting to you, it's, it sounds like you've been sitting on a few ideas, but it's just not knowing the sort of framework to get them out there. Are we? Do you think we're going to see these ideas? Is this kind of what you want to develop next? Yes, um, I feel much more excited and more equipped to to start working on them now. It's I have had a few ideas for a while and and I've been writing a few of them but this this trip has made me realize that it's that it's possible and I and um yeah I do I I feel excited to start doing them. So yeah, there will be more things. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for chatting to us. It's been really sort of I I kind of feel like I know you as this other character and so it's really nice to like see another side to Adrian Bliss so thanks thanks very much thank you thanks for listening if you want to find out more about us we're on Instagram at BBC Studios Talentworks this podcast is produced by Shola Alegi for BBC Studios 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.